season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Homer Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. JKR Podcast. My name is Jay Shrigling and I'm the host. Today is going to be March 4th. It is the first episode of March. We had a great first month here of season two. We had 10 episodes there in February. Uh, this month for March, we only got six episodes. School's hitting. Baseball season's coming around. Going to slow it down just a little bit. But today we've got Tyler Dones on the show. West Virginia alum was at West Virginia for four years. Made the all Big 12 honorable mention team a couple times. Um, he transferred to IU here this season, currently our leadoff hitter and second baseman. Today we kind of talk about just this overall season, how they've started playing against some tough opponents in Clemson, Arkansas, uh, Stanford last weekend. Um, talk a little bit about his whole entire experience at West Virginia. Talk about the transfer process and his talk with Jeff Mercer. Well, We also talk a little bit about the MLB Draft League and how he learned from his manager, Derek May, as well as some other uh, top-tier coaches in that draft league like Coco Crisp. Um, just dig into quite a bit of stuff around his career. Uh, so let's dig into the interview. I hope you guys enjoy. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have West Virginia alum, current Indiana University leadoff man, second baseman, grad student here at IU, Tyler Dones on the show. Tyler, I'm super glad to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's, it's 60 degrees out in Indiana. We got a home game in. Uh, feeling great. Yeah, it's perfect. Well, we got to go outside with some shorts and t-shirt. It felt perfect. Absolutely. Gotta love it. Yeah. To start, so to start off the show, um, one thing I always, one question I always ask all the guests is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Um, yeah, I'm I'm Tyler Dones. I'm a fun, loving, like to laugh, love, like to have fun type of person. I'm really kind of chill, laid back person as well. So that's that's just who I am. I love it. Yeah. All right. So to get started, I kind of want to dig into the current season. Um, later on, we'll dig into more of your career, uh, West Virginia, your recruiting process, all that. Okay. Uh, but just to start off talking about the current season. You guys started um, opening series a few weeks ago at Clemson. Tough program. Um, what was it like to play a tough program like that to start the season? Um, honestly, it was great. Um, it was great to see exactly where we stood when we started off the season. Um, we knew that there's a lot of people that haven't seen the atmosphere. And then uh, Coach Mercer wanted to put us in the toughest atmosphere to start off. And it was honestly, it was a great experience. Yeah. I mean, you got, you guys got quite a few tough opponents to start the season. Uh, that round rock classic last week was Stanford, Arkansas. I mean, this is, it was a tough first two weeks for you guys. So what was that experience like at, at the round rock classic? When did you guys get there? Um, what was it like playing some of those top tier teams? Yeah. So we, we did our regular travel schedule. We left Thursday. We got there Thursday night around uh, maybe seven and we went in practice. Um, of course, there was some good competition there. And once again, Coach Mercer did a great job of putting us against the best competition to start the year off. Um, even though it looks like we may not have won, but I think the team in general has gotten a lot better. And 
I mean, we're going to get on a roll here soon, and I don't think the games that we just lost to the great competition will be talked about once we get on a roll. Yeah. So, you, like you said, you had some great competition those first two weeks. Miami, Ohio, I mean, they had Sam Bachman drafted last year. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're, You guys played Miami, Ohio last night. When you're facing a smaller school like that, can you tell the, the pitch, like the difference between the pitchers compared to what you're, when you're facing Stanford, Arkansas, and Clemson? Um, yeah, um, absolutely. The pace of the game kind of changes. So that was, once again, Coach Mercer's main thing was getting out of, uh, getting out there and playing the best of competition because their pace of play, their presence on the field is a little bit different. So once you're able to see their pace of play and their presence on the field, you start to emulate what they do and you start to become better and you get great at doing what they did. And at the end of the season or towards around this time, you've seen it, you're able to do it and you're able to go out there and play with more confidence than rather playing maybe a small team and starting off eight and eight and zero. Yeah. So when you were at West Virginia playing in the big 12, did you guys play a lot of those big time programs to start the season? Um, uh, actually, no. We would start the season a lot of the time. We would go to the Coastal Carolina tournament um, like they did. I'm pretty sure they did that this year as well. I started off with, like, Jacksonville University, but they were kind of the mid-major teams. We started with Georgia State, kind of the mid-major teams, and then we would kind of go into the conference not playing, I wouldn't say, as the, the Power Five schedule exactly. Yeah. So, so far this season, you've led off, you've played second base. Um, is it is this your first year playing second base full-time? Because I saw at West Virginia, you played a variety of different positions. So, I was just curious. Uh, no. Um, I started playing mainly second base my sophomore year. So, I've okay. been, so this would be my fourth year. Okay. And were you the leadoff hitter um, for West Virginia as well? Uh, at West Virginia, I kind of bounced around the lineup. Um, I believe my freshman year, I was hitting like six. My sophomore year, my sophomore year, I was leading off. My junior year, I was in the three hole. And then last year, I was either top or bottom, bottom of the lineup guy. Okay. So how's your mindset change um, compared from when you're a leadoff hitter compared to when you're hitting number three or you're hitting number six um, as you step into the box? I try not to change my mindset at all. I try to attack the fastball, hit the fastball where uh, where it's pitched, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I try to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. So last night, like I said, you guys played Miami, Ohio. It was a big win. I think it was, what, 12 to 2? Is that what the final score was? Uh, honestly, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. But um... – that kind of changed the dugout mentality as you head into um, a weekend series against. Um. Honestly, I believe the kind of attitude changed when we played Arkansas. Uh, Tough game after Arkansas. Yeah, we lost five to two, and we after the game we all sat down and was like, we could have won that game if it wasn't for maybe two or three plays. Two or three plays went a different way, and it's like Arkansas is ranked two in the nation, and we honestly belong on the field with these guys. Yeah. And just recognizing that as a team, it was like, okay. And then the next day we go to Louisiana Lafayette, and we end up beating them, and it's like, okay, like 
we we really belong. Let's start to get the, these things rolling. We had a little minor setback against Stanford, and then we come back Tuesday after another talk, and it's like, let's get this thing going. Let's have a lot of confidence, no matter what people say about us, what anything hap- what whatever happens. Let's let's play with a lot of confidence, and we really saw that last night. Yeah, it's great that you say that about Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas is a great program. Or like you said, they were number two when you guys played them. Um, I wasn't able to watch them just because I'm here in Bloomington, but I do follow along in the box score, and I just saw that you guys were competing with them play by play, and it was it was great mm-hmm. to great to see that. Um, so I'm really looking forward to how Big Ten play ends up shaping up for you guys. Absolutely. But um, as you head into Missouri State this weekend, what's the process as you guys go on to a weekend trip? So we talked about it before the before we started recording, but um, when do you end up going to the stadium to leave Bloomington, and what's the whole process once you guys actually leave uh, campus and arrive at the other city? So, yeah, we normally leave on Thursday morning, so we're going to bus to Missouri State. So we'll pro- I'll probably get there around 8 a.m., um, start – well, we pack and eat. They they serve us breakfast, and then it's off on a bus. I think it's about eight hours, something around there. Uh, then we get there. We'll bus straight to the field, get off the field, change, uh, get off the bus, change, practice, have a little hour and a half, two-hour practice. And then we're going to the hotel where we shower, eat dinner, and it's off to bed. Then Friday, we'll normally wake up, eat breakfast as a team, and then get a quick little lift in. Uh, We'll have our hitters meeting, pitchers meeting, um, and then we're off for BP, and we're ready to play. Yeah. So you say you get a little quick little lift in. So are you guys using the facilities of the other schools? Um, So at Clemson we did at – what are we doing around wrong? I'm not – I don't even remember what we did in Round Rock, but a lot of the times, yes, we'll use the other schools if that's available. Okay. So you say you go into your guys' hitters meeting uh, before that Friday game. So what kind of – what's the scouting report going into this weekend? Have you guys looked into that at all? At all or uh, no. On Friday? Yeah, we'll go into that um, more so Friday. We'll go over what uh, the pitcher's profile and stuff like that. Okay. All right. Um, so one other, one other thing I want to talk about before this season, before we dig into your career. Uh, so last night we had, I think, four home runs hit, just absolute moonshots by Brock mm-hmm. Tibbetts, uh, Kip, and I think Matt Ellis was that fourth was the third guy. Um, okay. But how did that home run celebration start? I thought I thought it was kind of cool how you guys are like picking up a phone as you're rounding third. So how did that all start? Yeah, so um, I want to say Monday we had a a team meeting. We had a long talk and. Um, Bobby Whalen after the meeting texted in our group chat and it was just like, Hey, let's not shy away from the moment. And when coach calls our name, we need to pick up the phone. Like we need to pick up the call. That's your time to shine. So whenever we get a big hit, whenever that happens, we're, we're picking up the call and we're slamming the phone down. So that's, that's all. It's, that's, that's what started it. And last night, Tibby had a, a huge monster night and he definitely picked up the phone call and, we were slamming it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool to see. I was on the first base side, so I got to see – had a pretty good angle of it. And that, that was that was pretty cool to see. I've always been a big fan of those, uh, like, celebrations. If, if you um, ever watched the Chicago Cubs back when they won in 2016, they mm-hmm. had this little thing where whenever they get on base, they'd, like, rub their helmet or wave to the dugout. So I've always right. been – I've, I've always liked those cool celebrations. 
But um, let's dig into your recruiting process a little bit as we move on to your career. Um, so how was that recruiting process for you as you went on to West Virginia? And when did uh, Division One teams start reaching out to you? Uh, the recruiting process to West Virginia, oof, that was that was a, a long time ago. Yeah, it was a little, <laughs> little bit ago. Uh, but yeah, um, it was it was pretty cool. I was I was a little guy. Um, I was very under recruited, um, so I didn't really get any kind of offers until I was, um, I would say, almost end of junior year going into senior year. So I was kind of a late a late bloomer. I had a couple offers from like Kennesaw State, kind of the smaller schools. And I went and played a tournament on the West Coast. And I got a a couple of offers out there from the big schools. But I didn't really want to go all the way across across the U.S. And West Virginia ended up calling me. And I ended up loving the campus, loving the, the team that was there. And I think I committed there my senior year. So that was that was kind of a very cool process. So what were some of those other schools that were interested in you during the process? Um, yeah, I, um, <laughs> I had Coach Derek Simmons at Kennesaw State. He was one of my my first offers. And then my other offers were um, UCLA and Arizona State and Portland. Okay. So, and then I was like, okay, wasn't really sure what to do. And then West Virginia called and they gave me an offer. And I was like, that's the spot. Yeah. So did you ever step on foot on the Arizona? Or did you kind of go in there just because how far away it was? Uh, no, I, um, well, during one of my tournaments, I had kind of went around the campus and, I kind of went around the campus with my parents and stuff like that, but no, I really didn't do much over there. Yeah. Yeah. So when exactly did you get that offer from West Virginia? Was that, you said your senior year? Yes, I believe so. Okay. So did you step on campus at all before you ended up committing? Uh, yeah, I went, I went on an unofficial visit to West Virginia, but they didn't offer me at the time, but when they did offer, yeah, that's, that's when I committed. Yeah. Was so uh, you didn't get you didn't get any offers from any of those Georgia Georgia schools. Where exactly uh, is Kennesaw State? Is that Kennesaw Atlanta? State? It's in Atlanta. Yeah. In Atlanta. Okay. So how from Fayetteville, Georgia? So how far is that from Atlanta and, and Athens? Um, Fayetteville, Georgia, was about I'll say two and a half hours from Athens. Okay, so that's not that's not too bad. No. Um, but you you said at West Virginia you're kind of well you said in high school you were a late bloomer your your uh, recruiting process didn't pick up until uh in your high school career but you ended up playing quite a bit as a freshman at West Virginia so how did you develop so quickly um once you stepped on campus um dedication and hard work honestly um when I came out of high school like I said I was small I was um five nine five ten I was 165 pounds so I mean that a lot of the time doesn't play a, a high division one level so I mean I got there my I went early to West Virginia, um, got a couple classes knocked out, and I ended up by the start of the season I was about 190, 195 pounds. So, so I they have good weight facilities at West Virginia. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They do. So, so over- I mean, I re- I just really focused on my um 
just nutrition and weight room stuff, and I ended up getting uh, a lot stronger and faster. Yeah. So after four years at West Virginia, what were some of those favorite experiences that you had while on campus and uh, playing baseball there? Um, just my teammates. My teammates, the people I met. We had the opportunity to host a regional my sophomore year. That was amazing. Um, the point that I I never really lost a series to Texas. That's that's probably my favorite thing about that. Yeah. So after those four years, if you look back at it, look back on it, was there anything that you would change? Um, no, absolutely not. I don't think I'll change anything about my life. Even the bad moments, they're always a great place where you can learn stuff from. So I don't think I would change anything. Yeah. So you guys made the NCAA tournament in 2019. You said you hosted the regional. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how exactly was that experience for you? Um, Amazing. It was amazing. You got to play in the postseason is something everyone dreams about, and you're doing it with some of your best friends, some people that have become family to you. So I think that's the best feeling ever, and that's kind of where we're looking to, looking forward to go to for Indiana, especially yeah. in my last year. Yeah. So do you still have some of those relationships, uh, those big, strong uh, friendships with some of your former teammates at West Virginia? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We still – I mean – that was in 2019, and there's a couple of the guys that I, that still call me, talk to me, no matter what. They're they're still there to pick up the phone. Yeah, and so who are some of those teammates that you uh, still have those strong bonds with? Um, yeah, I'm really close to almost everyone. Austin Davis, Kevin Tucker, Brandon White, um, Marcus Inman, uh, Alec Manoa, um, Cody Wood, Sam Kessler. I mean, we were a really tight bond, bonded group, so yeah, yeah, we still talk. Your class, or are they younger than you, older than you? Um, a little bit of both. Austin Davis, Tevin Tucker, they're younger than me. They're still there. Uh, and then I think the rest are the upperclassmen. They're older than me. You mentioned those upperclassmen that you had pretty close bonds with. At West Virginia, when you were underclassmen playing quite a bit, were there any of those guys that kind of took you under their wing and kind of showed you the ropes of playing college baseball? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the biggest ones was, uh, I would say, Manoa. Well, they really all did, but uh, Manoa and Marcus Inman really took me under his wings and kind of showed me how to act and what to do. Yeah. So – Overall, your four years at West Virginia, what was it that you learned most about yourself as a person and as a player? Oof, there's four years of growing up. There's, you know, there's a a lot, a lot to learn. But at the end of the day, I think I learned to always bet on myself. No matter what, no matter what anybody thinks of you, says of you, always be crazy enough to believe in yourself and never – have any doubt of your ability or what you can do. That's what I really learned. Yeah. So obviously you left West Virginia after last season. You still had a year eligibility left, but you still graduated from West Virginia. So what was it that kind of led you to leave in West Virginia with still one year eligibility left? Um, Yeah, it was kind of just a mutual agreement between me and the coaches. Um, Just, it was like, Hey, uh, I had a rough year. And they're just like, um, what do you want to do? You can come back. 
but playing time probably isn't promised. And I was like, maybe, maybe I should go try to explore something. Maybe I can learn something else and just have a different experience. So we agreed to just part ways after that. Yeah. So once you decided that West Virginia wasn't where you were going to be at the, uh, this upcoming season, what was that process like? So when did, did you start like reaching out to teams or how, how exactly did that transfer process go for you? Um, it happened really quick because I was in the, um, the draft league and I was playing well in the draft league. And um, so there was a little bit of buzz about the draft and coach Sin, as soon as I went in the transfer portal, coach Sin, uh, remember I told you that he recruited me at Kennesaw state. Yeah. So I had played him. I played him almost every year when we played Kent state at West Virginia. So when I went into the portal, he shot me a text and was like, hey, you ready to come play for me? And like I, we kind of like laughed it off. And then after the draft, well, towards the draft, I think right before, I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Coach Mercer calls me and we had, I think we might have talked for 30 minutes. And I was like, Coach Mercer, you're the guy I want to play for. Yeah. I, I was like, I have a year of eligibility in college. College has been the greatest time of my life. I was like, let's go give it one more shot. Yeah. So, and that was, that was kind of it. Yeah. So what was it about that phone call that you knew right away? That's IU is where you wanted to be. Um, Coach Mercer is a competitive and just a great person. He's, he's a young coach. So he's able to relate to young people. He knows, he knows what he's talking about, what he's doing. Um, and he's just, a genuine person and that's the kind of people I want to surround myself with. So, so after that phone call, he kind of showed me who he was and I was like, that's me. That aligns with my morals and who I am. So yeah. I was ready to go. Yeah. So when you knew IU was the place, um, when exactly was that um, in terms of the, what, what time of the summer and after you decided um, how long were, how long was it before you were on campus? Oh, um, I was one of the later guys, so it was probably a couple weeks after the draft. So, I mean, I like right when I signed, I came up, and classes were about to start. I moved okay. to my apartment maybe two or three days before classes started. Okay. So you 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 agreed to IU before even seeing the actual town of Bloomington. Oh yeah, I didn't come on a visit or anything. It was just a couple phone yeah. calls with Simmons and Mercer, and then I was like, "Yeah, I'm there." Found an apartment, and I was. <laughs> that's how it started. Yeah. So you're getting your. Are you getting your grad degree here? Uh yes yes I am. Okay, so what degree are you? What degree are you going for? Well, um, I'm kind of just taking getting in to the courses if that makes sense yeah so i'm kind of taking just like public health courses and then later on after this is all said and done i'm going to come back and finish and get my master's degree okay so you majored in athletic coaching and minored in sports psychology at west virginia so what exactly is it you're wanting to do uh down the line once your baseball career is over yeah i I love baseball i played it my whole life i kind of want to stay 
stay in the game a little bit. Um, so with that being said, I want to go into coaching in some degree or some sort. I want to stay around the game and be able to affect kids' lives with with this sport that's affected my life so much. Yeah. So you met, you mentioned um, during the transfer process you were playing in the draft league. I actually mm-hmm. had a guy on a few weeks ago, Hayden Jones, who was in the draft league as well, playing for Coco okay. Crisp. Okay. Um, so last year, last year was the first year of the draft league. So how was that experience for you? It was really cool. It was really cool to be around some great baseball mind. My coach was uh, Derek May. He's kind of an older guy. And just to hear what he had to say about the game, it was a great moment just to soak, soak in and just learn about baseball from a different perspective. Yeah. So what was that? What were those day by day routines for you playing in the draft league? How was that different than your four years um, playing college ball? Um, it was kind of a a minor league feel, which I kind of, I kind of know the feeling because once again I have so many guys that are in the minor league, so I kind of know what it's like. But I mean, that's it's waking up and playing, practicing, being at the field all day, every day. It's, it's really nice. You don't have to worry about schoolwork or anything else. The one thing you're worried about is kind of getting better and being a professional at your craft. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say the biggest lesson you learned throughout your summer in the draft league? What was the biggest lesson that you learned? Learning how to listen, just to not speak and really listen. Like I said, in the draft league, you're around great minds. So when Derek May says something and, you know, you're around maybe a Hall, Hall of Famer, that's not a great time to speak. That's the time you sit there yeah. and just, you just listen to what they have to say and you try to take parts, piece, pieces and parts and apply it to your game and your identity that you already have. Yeah. So were there former MLB All-Stars and then MLB Hall of Famers you were able to meet last summer in the draft league? Oh, you know, after every game, of course, you – or just like if you're hitting batting practice and the other team comes up, you're able to talk to the coaches. You're able to just – you know, and they're not not scared to tell you what they think of stuff. So just even if you're hitting in the cages and one of the coaches come by, you're like, hey, what was your experience? They'll sit there and tell you about it, and that's just a great experience to have. Yeah. So who were some of those guys that you were able to meet? Uh, the ones that really jumped out to me was uh, Derek May and Coco Crisp. That was that was really cool. Okay. Yeah, Hayden Hayden Jones. I don't know what team Coco Crisp managed, but that's oh, the team another, that – My bad. Sorry. Another one was uh, Jed Jerko. He was on the Black Bears, but, I mean, he was always around at West Virginia too, but he's a great baseball mind that I learned a lot from too. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious. I mean, the draft league last year, I mean, when they came up with it and they announced it, like I thought it was a really cool um, ex- experience for all you guys. Um, was w- were you guys playing with wood bats or aluminum bats? Wood, wood, wood. bats. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned that there was some draft buzz for you. Um, did you have a draft advisor going through the process? Um. Yeah, I've had a draft advisor since my junior year. Okay. And when did that draft advisor uh, reach out to you and kind of um, introduce himself? Um, yeah, that happened my, let's see, after my sophomore year going into my junior year, I've gotten a couple calls from advisors. Uh, I was in the Cape League, and he kind of came up, and we had dinner, and 
once again, I met him and he really aligned to my personality and morals. And I was like, all right, you're the guy I want to work with. Yeah. So he, he really stood out compared to the other advisors who reached out to you beforehand. Yes. Yeah. Are you, are you good with an announcer telling me who your advisor was? Uh, yeah, it's Is, um, Cameron Wise. So he was, he, he's kind of the guy who would, who would align up interviews uh, with teams and just meetings and, um, pretty much take uh, control of, uh, take care of you pretty much throughout the entire process? Uh, yeah, any any kind of draft thing he deals with. That way, like, when I'm playing college ball, all I have to worry about is playing ball. Yeah. So you had did you have quite a few conversations with teams uh, last summer um, as the draft was uh, coming closer? Um. Yeah, it's it's been kind of crazy. So, I mean, my draft year is the year that uh, – when everything got shut down and got sent to, you know, five rounds and all of that. So I came back to school and then I didn't have a good season. So, I mean, it's kind of been a little adjustment. It's been crazy, but I wouldn't change it. Yeah. Yeah. So what were some of those conversations with teams like when you were um, before the draft your junior year, before everything got shut down? Um, Honestly, like I said, Cameron did most of the talking for me just so I can go out and play. But a lot of them were just trying to get to know me as a person and, you know, just my different approach to how I approach the game and approach at bats and just my mindset and work workload is what we mainly talked about. Okay. All right. Well, Tyler, we've talked about baseball for quite a bit. Um, so just I got a few more questions for you before we end off the podcast. Let's move on from baseball a little bit, talk a little bit off the field. Um, okay. So what are some of your passions beyond the baseball field? Um, uh, <laughs> I like to joke around with pine. I, I like to be around just people. My favorite thing is to be around people, have conversation, laugh, make jokes. Um, I like to joke around with Josh Pine, uh, who's a, a country boy on the team. Because, you know, Fayetteville, Georgia, that's kind of the country. But I'm also from Atlanta, which is the city. So I joke around with Pine about going fishing and Kind of stuff, but I'm also yeah. I'm also kind of a city boy who likes to just go out in the city and walk around. So yeah, I so, just like to do that with friends and family. Yeah, so Fayetteville is listed as your hometown, but you say Atlanta as well. So do you live in Fayetteville? Or do you live in Atlanta? So I went I went to high school in Fayetteville, but now I live in Atlanta. So I kind of I kind of bounce around from where I kind of say I'm from. So okay, yeah. So you say yeah. Fayetteville is kind of more of like a country small town. Yeah. Okay. So you do a lot of fishing and hunting. Uh, I do. I do a little bit of it. I don't. I wouldn't yeah. say a lot, but I just like to joke around with uh, Josh Pine and tell him I'm better than him. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, so I've never met Josh before. I mean, I like his game. Hopefully, I can get him on the podcast at some point. Mm-hmm. But um, you can by talking to Josh. Can you tell that he's from the country? Absolutely. <laughs> what, what What about him makes What about him makes him uh, from the country? Uh, you see him, he just wants to play baseball. He's got his mullet, and that's what he talks about. He'll sit there and talk about fishing and hunting all day. So that it'll really stick out once you talk to him. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is Kip that same way? Because I think him and Kip are from the same high school. They are from the same high school, but Kip isn't – Kip isn't – he's not the same. No. He's not as much as a of a – outdoors person 
yeah. What what about Carter? Carter, I've talked to Carter a few times. He seems like he's kind of a kind of a country dude. Um, you could. He has a country feel, but I'm not sure if he goes goes hunting and fishing as much as Pine does. So out of all those freshmen that we've talked about, well, Carter, Josh, um, of course we've got Brock Tibbetts as well. Um, who's kind of impressed you the most? Man, the way they show up every day and and work and challenge everybody is in, impressive from the whole freshman class. I mean, you see Brock Tibbetts show up last night with, with two homers. You see Pine battling at the plate. You see Goforth coming to pinch hit and grinding out at bats. I mean, that whole freshman class is a staple in the Indiana team this year, and it's very impressive how they they battle their butt off every day. Yeah, it's a pretty legitimate freshman class this year. I mean, we got Carter, Brock, Josh, uh, you say Goforth, uh, Luke Hayden on the mound. I mean, that's a pretty yeah. legitimate freshman class. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're going to be a staple in this program for the next three years, and they're going to do great things. And I, I believe that from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to see where this team goes here these next few, this year and these next few years. I mean, the class ahead of them, the sophomore class, that's a pretty darn good class too. And then the class coming in is pretty good as well. So I'm pretty excited. Absolutely. So am I. But, Tyler, I believe that's all I got for you. Um, like I said, I, I go, I'm a sophomore here at Indiana, so I'll be at a lot of the games this year. I'm looking forward to seeing um, you play these this this whole season. I'm looking forward to see the uh, the way the team progresses throughout the season. Awesome, thank you, thank you. I'll, I guess I'll see you out there. And that's going to do it for today's episode. Another great episode here to start March. I just want to thank Tyler for coming on the show today. He's definitely had an interesting career so far, and I thought we got some great content learning about his time at West Virginia and his time so far here at IU. Uh, Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the second episode of the weekend and the second episode here of March. We've got Maryland assistant baseball coach Matt Swope coming on the show. He's a Maryland guy, played at Maryland, was drafted by the Montreal Expos. He's got a ton of pride for the University of Maryland. Um, he's helped build that culture that Maryland's uh, shown off these past few years as they're slowly becoming a powerhouse within the Big Ten. You can tune into that uh, tomorrow's episode on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I just want to thank you guys for listening so far. Um, this is going to be episode 12 of season two. Um, make sure to follow the social medias, Instagram and Twitter. It's going to be at JKR underscore podcast. Um, like I said, just want to thank you guys for the support so far. Season two has been rocking so far. Um, So with that being said, I'll catch you guys tomorrow for the interview with Matt Swope.